Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. What a weekend. What a whirlwind of a weekend. I got tossed into Twitter jail on Saturday. But now, now I'm officially out of Twitter jail. I am finally free. Although, it wasn't even that long of a sentence. It was only like 12 hours or so. So a very mild slap on the wrist from the woke virgin pajama eunuchs over at Twitter. And no, folks, I did not get in trouble for calling Jake Tapper an hysterical drama queen. Not this time, anyway. For you new listeners to the podcast, I was once suspended on Twitter for calling Jake Tapper an hysterical drama queen. What was that? Maybe a a year and a half ago? Two years ago? Back then, that was considered hateful conduct on Twitter. And talk about embarrassing. Of all the stupid things to get suspended over on Twitter, calling Jake Tapper an hysterical drama queen. Shame. This time, though, I made a joke. And I forgot exactly what I said. But it was obviously a joke. And I basically said something like, Dylan Mulvaney, that prissy minstrel queen with his step and fetch it act. But I said, I basically said that he was more of a man than David Hogg will ever be. Which I thought was pretty clever. But over at Twitter, to those humorless scowls over at Twitter, they didn't find that clever at all. They thought that was hateful conduct. So I had to remove it. Had to sit in Twitter time out. Go stand in a corner for 12 hours. Speaking of Twitter, though, this was the highlight of our Friday night. Or at least mine. To tell you how exciting a Friday night at Casa Frost is these days. Two middle-aged queens sitting around, watching a movie, having adult beverages, and me tweeting. But I got blocked by Dan Rather on Twitter. Dan Rather, that has been the now D-list journalist, the former anchor of the CBS Evening News, which I remember watching him on as a kid or as a teenager, but he got butthurt about something I said 
And so he blocked me. And basically, he was on Twitter shilling for his Substack, trying to get people to join to whatever he's doing over on Substack. And so I tweeted out to educate the younger generations. For you millennial Gen Z kids out there who may not know, Dan Rather wrecked an already marginal career by heralding fake documents designed to take out George W. Bush. It failed, and now he's just a loser pretending to matter and selling Substack subscriptions for Benjamins. And so Princess Dan got butthurt about that tweet, and boom, he blocked me. Little old me. I'm like a a baby minnow in the vast ocean of Twitter. I know my place in the grand scheme of things, folks. But he is so thin-skinned, his ego is so fragile that Dan Rather couldn't handle what I said. So he took all his toys and stomped home. I haven't blocked anyone on Twitter. Now, I don't get trolled a whole lot, but I just, I do one of two things. I either ignore it or I say something like, okay, princess, if you say so. But I haven't blocked anyone. If I get trolled about something, it's just karma coming to bite me in the ass because I do it to others. So I take my karmic punishment like a man, like an adult. If I can dish it out, I should be able to take it without blocking people, which unlike Princess Dan, I do. And to his credit, even David Hogg, that dim-witted moron, that useful idiot, Greta Thunberg, in drag, who we make fun of on this podcast, who I also troll on Twitter, basically call him out for being the clown that he is. Even David Hogg, up on his cross, playing victim, shilling for his fancy new nonprofit. David Hogg, he puts up with it. So that dopey loser, that pansy pajama boy who looks like he glues pubic hair to his face to seem like a man, even if he's less of a man than Dylan Mulvaney, David Hogg, is significantly more of a man than that little bitch Dan Rather is. Poor princess. So let's just go ahead and jump into things, folks. And this first story is from Queerty. Those girls over at Queerty. Queering of the skies. How gay male flight attendants came to outnumber their straight counterparts. I saw that headline and I was like, and I know you queens out there, you're probably thinking the exact same thing. But I was like, what? 
There are heterosexual male flight attendants. And according to this article, which is actually, kind of hate to admit this, folks, but it's actually a somewhat fascinating read on the history of flight attendants and how men got into the occupation first time and probably the only time I will ever pay a compliment to an article on queerty, but I like to give credit where it's due. But according to those hysterical mean girls over at Queerty, they're saying that it's estimated that more than 50% of male flight attendants are gay. Which to me is like, no duh. No kidding. In fact, I would dare to say more than 90% of male flight attendants are gay. And you queens know who you are. Like I've ever been on an airplane where any of the male flight attendants wasn't a big old queen. I call it the Nathan Chen rule. And what is the Nathan Chen rule? The Nathan Chen rule is where there are certain occupations that are dominated by homosexuals. And that is a fact of life. That is reality. And no one should get butt hurt when that's pointed out. Because if you remember what happened to Nathan, poor Nathan Chen, who's a figure skater, who's an Olympic champion, and I think, maybe possibly, is the only heterosexual figure skater ever But he came out, and you queens out there, not in that way, but he came out and said that figure skating was a homosexual-dominated sport, which to most people, no one should be surprised by that. It's as obvious as the bulge in Dylan Mulvaney's dress. Normalize the bulge. We are normalizing the bulge. Okay, sir. Shut that queen up. Shut that queen up. I knew, sir. I knew that if I teed it up perfectly for you, you'd know what to do. Which you did. Speaking of Dylan Mulvaney, though, who's now officially boring to me, but there have been some videos of him going around. I've seen a couple of them on Twitter, but it's him as a man before the pretend woman act. And folks, he acts just the same way, exactly the same, like an effeminate prissy queen, but without the dress on. But Nathan here, getting back to the topic at hand, he got in some trouble over what he said had to come out and apologize for stating the obvious. And I had to come out, defend the poor guy, use myself as an example. Back when I worked retail, that was back in the 90s. But like with figure skating, retail, 
depending on the store, is a homosexual-dominated occupation. Again, depending on the store. Like around here, if you're in Boston, you're down in Back Bay, shopping along Boylston Street, what do you get? Nothing but women in Queens. So male figure skating, retail, and now male flight attendants, they all pass the Nathan Chen rule. They're all occupations dominated by homosexuals. And if that gets you triggered and butthurt, sucks to be you, that's reality. So don't be like Dan Rather about it. From Pink News, those girls over at Pink News, Heartstopper Season 2 star Bradley Riches says autistic TV representation heading in the right direction. And we still have not watched this one, Heartstopper, which I guess is coming back for Season 2 sometime this year. It's still in my queue but it's probably going to sit there for a while, probably a long while, before we bother watching any of that. That's the one with that whiny bisexual, Kit Connor. Speaking of Kit Connor, though, those clowns over at Pink News, when I was reading this article, they had a link to another one. Kit Connor... Shirtless gym photos, renew calls to cast Heartstopper star as Marvel's Hulkling. Oh, goody. Another stupid Marvel film. But Kit Connor, kid's like 19 years old. And he's training for something. So he's like, all beefed up now. He's all jacked up which just looks weird to me because whatever he's been doing, his body's like, he's got the body of a 25-year-old, but he's only 19 years old and he's got this tween boy baby face. So it's this little boy head on an adult body. So to me, it just looks odd. There's nothing attractive about that to me at all. He is ginger, though. So I know what white boy Malcolm X is going to be doing later today. You sick bastard. But anyway, back to this thing. Coming up on season two of this show, Heartstopper, there's a new character coming. James McEwen is the character's name. And that is going to be played by Bradley Riches here, who's autistic in real life. And like with beefy teenager Kit Connor, him coming out, no pun intended here, but him coming out, bemoaning the lack of bisexual representation on television, like anyone cares about bisexuals. This kid, Bradley Riches, He wants more autistic representation on screen. And here's what he had to say about that. I never had this when I was younger. 
I never saw an actor who was openly autistic. But we're getting towards the right place with more autistic actors playing autistic roles, which should always be the case. Otherwise, it's not truthful representation. Someone who hasn't lived autistic experiences can't do the role justice. Netflix and mainstream media at the moment is heading in the right direction, which is really exciting. But there's more work to do. Ugh. He sounds exhausting. He's another one. If you have a character with a certain trait, you better damn well have an actor with that trait playing the character. But the funny thing with this, though, his character, James McEwen, they have not said anything about this character being autistic, which I assume they would have. They'd be tripping over themselves to announce that, to virtue signal over that. Oh, look how wonderful we are at Netflix. We have an autistic character, played by an autistic actor on Heartstopper. So I guess, maybe possibly, it's okay for an autistic person to play a non-autistic character, but it's not okay for a non-autistic person to play an autistic character at least according to Bradley Riches. Okay, princess, if you say so. In this last bit from this Pink News article, I think it perfectly sums up Bradley here. Back in February of this year, in an interview with Revamp Magazine, he announced that he was writing a play about autism, and he told them, It's a one-person play, and it's basically about me. I'm very self-obsessed. It wouldn't feel authentic otherwise. Princess, we don't doubt any of that in the least. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. From the post-millennial, Grandma Madonna announces new concert in Nashville to raise money for trans rights groups, not victims, a Christian school massacre. And how's this for an opening line in this article? In a move even more disgusting than her Botox-filled face, Madonna is heading to Nashville not to fundraise for the families of the victims 
of the Covenant School shooting, but for trans rights groups. Now that's got to be. There's some bitchy queen over at the post-millennial. Only a bitchy queen could be that catty about Madonna's mangled face, which it is. Not disagreeing with that at all. That's what you get, folks. When you go get your face done by some strip mall plastic surgeon, you get to look like a demented puffer fish. When you fail to realize with some things, you get what you pay for or don't pay enough for. But with this, here goes Grandma Madonna having herself another robust episode of the appropriately named Madonna Syndrome. Oh, look at me, look at me. I'm still relevant. Not really, princess. But bless your heart for trying. And to show her relevancy, Grandma Madonna is interjecting herself into this horrific event down in Tennessee. So she's adding Nashville to her tour this year. I think it's called the Irrelevancy Tour. She's doing that and will donate a portion of the proceeds from the show which will go to trans rights organizations, which will be like, what's the bet she'll toss them like $100. A portion of the proceeds, just not a big one. Not that she's the only one. A transgender goes into a Christian school, murders three kids and three adults, and the best you get out of people like Grandma Madonna, is to make transgenders the victims. Oh, nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see with these six dead bodies. But look how oppressed transgenders are every day. Kids can't get their gender-affirming care. And then three days after these murders, on Thursday, out comes creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer. Here. How's this from Fox News? Biden says transgender people shape our nation's soul in official proclamation. President Biden declared March 31st, 2023 to be Transgender Day of Visibility. Oh, how stunning and brave. And I think that went over like a dud. This transgender day of visibility. Especially with those killings. The media trying as best they could to gloss over anything negative about this killer. Which was painful to watch. Their lame attempt at gaslighting us. So I think that whole silly day of visibility went over like a lead balloon. Now I know in the vapid gay media... The mean girls in the vapid gay media. They were all over it. This transgender day of visibility. Carrying on about how wonderful it was. Doing double time. Carrying water. For our new gender identity overlords. But the rest of us. We're all thinking. 
When the hell is it not Transgender Day of Visibility? And like I said before, folks, for one half of 1% of the population, they are everywhere all the time. In fact, now that I think about it, that's what they should call a transgender movie. Steal that title. Transgenders. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Because that's what it feels like to deal with them. They're like HIV. A pain in the ass, and you're never going to get rid of it. Or them. To borrow from Shakespeare, they are constant as the northern star. Whether we like it or not. From Bloomberg. Companies eyeing cutting benefits for working parents as recession looms. About half of companies plan to cut offerings like parental leave and child care subsidies in 2023, a Care.com survey shows. Myrtle, fetch me my smelling salts. My employer is cutting back on the freebies. Heavens, no. And they filed this story, folks. Get this. Under their equality section, Bloomberg, those woke clowns over at Bloomberg, they have an equality section, which I guess is their version of equity, which we all know means everyone equally miserable. This story, though, it never ceases to amaze me How much people look to their employer as an extension of mommy and daddy. Like with this, they want to have a kid and they want their employer to give them God knows how many weeks of fully paid parental leave. Some of these companies, basically a blank check. Take as much time off as you want. And there have been I don't know how many articles now about how single people, childless people, spinsters like me, they have to pick up the slack while their co-workers with kids drag their personal lives into the office. And it's not just, oh, I have to go get my kids. I'm leaving early. Way too many other people do it too drag their personal life into work. Like some guy in the office, him putting on a wig and a dress and demanding that everyone call him Sheila. Like some fat chick in IT, declaring herself on the gender spectrum, wanting everyone to refer to her as Zizirza. Like the alcoholic bisexual in the office, the one with low self-esteem issues, him rolling in late and hungover because he was out the night before getting banged by half the guys in LA. And so now, with the economy teetering, companies trying to be more proactive in budgeting and headcount, 47% of companies surveyed said they were planning to cut certain employee benefits this year not just for parents, 
But for things like commuter benefits, home office stipends, all sorts of perks, and people are starting to get butthurt about it because as we all know, once you have something in place, once people get used to the freebies, that benefit becomes a right. I guess that's why I don't own my own business because I would not put up with any of that crap. All these incessant demands from employees, all this paid time off over anything and everything, having a kid, endless COVID sick time. Yeah, that wasn't ever abused. Your dog dies. Some of these companies have pet bereavement. Fido dies, take a couple weeks off. Or getting to work from wherever and whenever you want. And we all know way too many of these people. They're screwing around. And the more they put up on LinkedIn, post these articles about how much more remote workers do than their in-office counterparts, those are your biggest goof-offs. It's like with Twitter. When Elon Musk bought that company, there were like, I think around 7,000 employees. Something like that. And now they're down to like, it's about 2,000 employees. They've gotten rid of about three-fourths of their employees and they're still up and running. But they all work so hard. To me, it's just, it's gotten absurd. The level to which people expect their employers to pay for anything and everything they want. Student loan repayments are another joke. Another personal problem people drag into the office. Oh, you need to help me pay off my gender studies degree from Wellesley. No, princess. Just no. And for our last story, folks, it's from the smoking gun. Man busted for slapping girlfriend in face with slice of pizza, cops say. A Florida man, of course a Florida man, slapped his girlfriend in the face with a slice of pizza during an argument in their residence, according to cops who reported that the alleged crime scene was sauce splattered. Police, so poor Florida Popo, were dispatched Friday afternoon to a residence in Marion County in response to a 911 hang-up. Upon arriving at the home, officers encountered Ortelio Alfonso, 39, who said he had a verbal altercation with the victim, according to a probable cause affidavit. The woman, however, said the dispute turned violent, telling officers that Alfonso grabbed a slice of pizza and slapped her in the left side of her face with it. The woman said the couple had been arguing about the disciplining of their son. That's a lie. That's a complete and total lie. Everyone knows 
that when Floridians get into it like this, when Popo has to be called to break up a domestic dispute, it's because Floridians only argue at this level about one thing. And it sure as hell isn't about disciplining children like they do any of that in Florida. No. When Floridians go to DEFCON 3, like these two clowns did, it can only be about one thing. Whether Tom Brady's ass looks better in a New England Patriots uniform or in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. And they generally do that over a deliciously chilled glass of white Zinfandel. Two ice cubes. A cop noted that the woman had pizza sauce all over her shirt and the remnants of pizza in her hair and ear area. Additionally, the officer reported, I observed there to be pizza sauce on the walls and the ceiling of the kitchen area, which further corroborated the victim's statement. He must have bitch slapped the hell out of her with that pizza. You hit someone that hard with a piece of pizza. Not that I've ever done that, folks. But he hit her so hard, bam, that the marinara came out from under the cheese, went shooting out, and hit the walls and ceiling. That's getting bitch slapped. After being handcuffed and read his rights, Alfonso reportedly admitted striking the victim with a slice of pizza in the face, adding that he threw the pizza and did not physically strike the victim with his hands, just with the pizza. So he's blaming the pizza. Pizza did it all on its own once he launched it into the air, which means he's lying to Popo, like every Floridian who gets arrested does. And you know who you are. Alfonso was arrested on a misdemeanor battery count. Well, of course it's a misdemeanor. It is Florida we're talking about. And booked into the county jail from which he was released Saturday. So he was like me in Twitter jail. In and out. Alfonso, who works for a landscaping firm and lives in an Ocala suburb, is scheduled for arraignment on March 29th. So damn it, we just missed it. And no white boy Malcolm X. Even though this is a weird-ass story, even if it doesn't all make sense, we are not doing a reimagining of this smoking gun story. Not on today's podcast. We'll do one at some point for you, princess. And for you folks out there as well. I know we have some new listeners. So we should introduce them to a smoking gun reimagining at some point here soon. So on that note, since I cannot top this silly Floridian bitch slapping his girlfriend so hard that marinara got sprayed around the kitchen, even if... He lied to Popo, blaming the pizza for magically assaulting her with that level of force. Since I cannot taught that, it is time 
to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this early week edition of the Miller Frost podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a good start to your week, and we'll see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care.